0: wow what a week right what a week uh maybe in maybe it was a normal week for some of you but uh not for this guy um in almost 16 years of pastoral ministry um i've never had a week like this one never um i guess it started on wednesday afternoon and it just kind of snowballed um and i think you know it kind of started with sporting events right um, I think that's where a lot of the news was. Uh, first, the NCAA announced that it was going to continue to have their league basketball tournaments, um, SEC, ACC, all those tournaments, uh, but they were just going to not have it with fans, which that seemed a, a lot of fun, right? Um, but they were still going to try to have them. Later that evening, the NBA announced that they were suspending all games due to the fact that a Utah Jazz player had tested positive the coronavirus. Thursday, things started to really sort of heat up. All those uh, NCAA basketball league tournaments, well, they canceled. And then NCAA canceled March Madness. Basically, all sporting leagues and events were canceled. The NCAA, PGA was suspended, including the Masters, although at least the Masters said they were going to postpone you know, what we'd do without the Masters. Uh, Major League Baseball suspended spring training, postponed opening day for at least two weeks. Seems like everything was being canceled. I think it was Thursday when the university uh, system uh, announced all their universities were going to be closing to the end of March. Then Thursday, the president made a national address at the Oval Office, declaring all incoming flights from Europe were going to stop on Friday. And of course, we hate we can't mention this. All the while, the stock market is doing its wonderful thing, free falling. Right? Uh, things were just going crazy, and they are going crazy. On Thursday, I called my dad, who is retiring in June, and asked him if he still had anything left in his 401k. He didn't think that was funny. I didn't either. I wasn't joking. <laughs> I also talked to my mom. I've thought a lot about her during this week. Uh, Perhaps you've thought a lot of uh, some of your family members, maybe perhaps yourself. uh, They say the virus is hardest hit and felt on those who are over 60. Those of uh, you who have pre-existing conditions and who have a compromised autoimmune system. Mom checks all those boxes right now. I've urged her to stay home. That's hard for her to accept considering she just got Uh, the freedom to drive again and so i'm hearing all these things happening this week and seeing it online and i'm you know reading it on social media which is just is not a good idea and then as a pastor you start to realize something sunday's coming it's always coming and we're a church we're a gathering we we're, we're, we're naturally an organization built around large groups of people gathering together. We might need to think about what we should be, what we should do, how we should react, how we should respond. So I just gotta be honest with you this morning, let you know that, that I've been thinking a lot about this morning. This morning has consumed a lot of my thoughts and attention this week. Should we meet today? How should we meet? What do we need to do? If we meet, how do we protect each other? I'll tell you, we had a a handful of uh, great volunteers this morning who came and wiped down the whole church. So um, we've done what we can do, we feel like. I've worried a great deal about this situation. And I've worried not for my sake or even my family's sake. Uh, I've worried for you. As your pastor and as your leader, my worry has been for you, the last thing that I want to do is to go and to make a decision that will harm someone. That's why we've made it incredibly clear this morning that it was completely fine if you needed to stay home this morning. But I've worried, and I imagine that some of you have worried too, and you've been anxious this week about all this happening, and depending on how much um, you pay attention to social media or just the media or the 24-7 news cycle, you probably worried even more. So I got to thinking about this morning, and and I I really didn't feel like the Scripture and sermon that I had planned going into this week really is what we needed to hear. And as you know, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke as we're following along Jesus as he heads to the cross during this Lenten season. And the focus and the theme is to listen to him, listen to the words of Jesus. We want to listen to the words of Jesus as he's heading to the cross. And so I went to reading uh, between the passage I read last week and the passage that I'm planning to read uh, next week. And I was like, I wondered, I was wondering what God's word might have to say to us. I wondered if God's word had a word for us this morning that was maybe more applicable to the situation. And it does. Plain as day. Luke twelve, twenty two, through 32. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And, and how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God now here's the thing i know when it comes to worry some of this is dependent on our personalities right and our disposition in life i understand that some of us are simply more prone to worry than others you're worriers it's not an excuse it's just kind of reality right And I certainly don't want to diminish or dismiss those of you who have anxiety disorders. I cannot imagine what this week has been like for you. I know what it was like for me, and I don't think I have any of that, so I can't imagine what it was like for some of you. But I do think Jesus' words of do not worry are words of comfort for us, and they are words of encouragement to us, especially as we face uncertain times. I saw something shared by another pastor this, this week, and I, I want to offer it to you this morning. It's the word fear. F E A R. And so, typically, what causes us to worry is fear. We're afraid, so we worry. This week, we're afraid of a virus. Tomorrow, we're fearful of a job change. The next week, or the next month, or the next year, it will be something else. And so, we worry. And so I want to offer you something to help you deal with your fear and your worry. F-E-A-R, fear. I'm going to kind of turn fear on its head this morning, all right? We, We good with that? F stands for face your fears with a bias of hope. Face your fears with a bias of hope. Listen to this word from Romans 8. Patiently. When fear creeps in and worry takes over, it's hard to see the other side of the situation, the other side of the problem, the other side of the virus. But there will be a way out. The problem will pass, the situation will resolve, the virus will be gone. What we as followers of Christ must do is face our fears with hope in a world that wants to tear itself apart with arguments and debates and criticism and politics, we must be a people of hope. A people that point other people to hope and to a future and to the other side. Because listen, as the church, we are a people of hope. That's, ingrained in our dna that's our identity we are a people of hope when the world was at its darkest and the grave was shut in by the stone three days later there was hope three days later there was hope three days later god through the power of the holy spirit proved that hope was still alive And guess what? You and I have the same Holy Spirit living inside of us. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us, lives in you, lives in me. We are a resurrection people, and so we are always a people of hope. Remember that. Face your fears with a bias of hope. E, examine your fears in the light of facts. Examine your fears in the light of facts. I think this is huge. All right? I think this is huge. What I've noticed, especially with this virus and this situation that we're in right now, is there are a lot of people with opinions, a lot of people who think they're experts, and when you start listening to all of these opinions and spin, fear creeps in. It increases. One of the ways to decrease, decrease that fear and worry is to learn the facts, right? The more you know, uh, fit, you know the better facts defeat fear facts are greater than fear so the facts of the matter are this this is what we know this is what we know now when it comes to the virus most people will recover that's what we know now a great deal of those who 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 uh, contract the virus will have little to no symptoms the reason for social distancing is to lower the burden of our healthcare system and our hospitals if we delay the spread now And we allow our hospitals to have time to treat those who are actually sick without overwhelming the health care system. Also, in order to prevent getting the virus, it helps not to be around others who are sick because that's how you get the virus. As I said earlier, if you're over 60, if you have pre-existing conditions and, and autoimmune disorders, you need to be very careful. And see, to learn this fact or to understand this fact is not meant... Uh, to make us more fearful, but with knowledge comes an understanding of how to act or not act. For instance, this week, uh, just a couple of days ago, maybe Friday or Saturday, Kristen had a a classmate of hers that she graduated high school with Uh, yesterday on Facebook informed everybody that she had an autoimmune disorder. She's had it for a few years now. I don't know how many people knew that, Um. And we don't know how she developed it, but um, it can be debilitating. She's probably 38 or 39. And so her doctor told her to stay home, keep her kids at home. But this friend of Kristen's wanted to let everybody know that she was one of those at risk of the virus. Facts help us know how to act. In this case, facts help us know how to care for ourselves as well as others and and how to protect ourselves and others. And and we can and should do this with whatever causes us to to worry or to fear. Today, it's the coronavirus. Next, or a month, or a year, it's going to be something else. Information and facts help us to act. And this leads us to the A in fear. So we face our fears with bias and hope. We examine your fears in light of facts. And we attack your anxieties with action. Attack your anxieties with action. For me, this is just just me. Worry makes no sense. Worry makes no sense. If you think about it, worry just makes no sense. If there's a situation, a problem, a virus, whatever, and there are things that we can do to fix things, fix that problem, help make it better, we do something, we take action. We don't worry, we act. Attack our fear and our worry and our anxieties with action. And and let me say, when when I say do not worry, or when Jesus says do not worry, I don't mean, and I don't think Jesus means do not prepare. Okay? Again, attack your anxieties with action. Preparing for disaster or a health crisis or whatever it may be does not mean we lack faith. It just means we're using the brain's God gave us. So in this case, with this virus, we wash our hands for at least 20 seconds. Some of you saw the video of me praying the Lord's Prayer. That's about 20 seconds. Uh, So just, you can pray and wash your hands at the same time. Soap and water is better than hand sanitizer. We practice social distancing. We're probably going to be doing worship a little differently from here on out for the next few weeks. We'll see. Stay home if you're sick. If you're in those categories that that we've already talked about, these are all the ways that we attack our anxieties and remove worry in our present, current situation. But again, no matter the situation or the problem or the issue, when there are things we can control, things that we can act on, we do. And that helps us to reduce our anxieties. One way to, to, to not prepare for this is to go out and buy a bunch of toilet paper. <laughs> I don't know why we did that. I think there's something inside of us it's like somebody went and 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 bought a bunch of toilet paper and then we heard about it and we decided well if they're doing it we need to do it we feel like we're going to be left out and so we go buy it and then and then I don't know what that's about I think there's something there's some there's a spiritual component there like we don't have enough or something but that's not that's just going to create more anxiety right All that did, when you saw pictures, I don't know, if you see pictures of empty rows at Walmart, no toilet paper, all that did was just make me feel more anxious and worried. Well, well, do I need more toilet paper? (laughs) There's a right way and there's a wrong way to attack our anxieties, right? That would be a wrong way. And in life, when we face a problem, when we face a situation, when we face a virus, whatever whatever it is, and there's nothing we can do when we realize it's completely out of our hands, it's out of our control, what good does worry do? It doesn't do any good. So in either case, if it's something we can control or we do something about it, if we can't, well, we can't. Either case, worry doesn't make any sense. Attack your anxieties with action and get rid of worry. Or, or, or we come to the realization that it's outside of our control. We give it over to God and we stop worrying. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Hmm. May we pray this prayer in the coming days. Face your fears with a bias of hope. Examine your fear in the face of facts. Attack your anxieties with action. And release your cares to God. Jesus says in our passage, But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You know, I realize that the message of do not worry or do not be afraid may come across as just like another platitude, just a cliche. You know, that's easy for you to say, Alan. You're the preacher. You're supposed to say that. But I really mean it. And I know Jesus means it. And it's easy to hear these words of Jesus and to think it's easy for him to say that. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. He's God. Remember, Jesus is heading to the cross. Jesus is on his way to the cross. He's about to face the most brutal death known to man. He's going to suffer and suffer badly. And in fact, the context in which Jesus spoke these words, he's speaking to his disciples So the context is one in which Jesus has just taught his disciples to persevere in face of persecution. You're going to face persecution, but don't worry. And so it's with this backdrop, the backdrop of the cross, that Jesus tells his disciples and us, do not worry and do not be afraid. Jesus tells them and he tells us to seek his kingdom and seek God's kingdom. In fact, Jesus says God has already given us the kingdom. It's ours. So why, why worry? Why be afraid? Everything that is God's, God has given to us. And just as God takes care of the ravens and the flowers, even though they don't do much, they are there for very long. God takes care of them, and yet he sees us as more valuable than they are. So he's going to take care of us. And because of that, God provides for us. And because God has already given us God's kingdom here on earth, all its power and benefits, Jesus says, do not worry, do not be afraid. I realize that some of you are probably not that worried about this virus, you know. You're not really worried about what's going on in the world today. I get it. Uh, I've kind of gone from over here laughing about it. To sort of in the middle, as a leader of an organization that gathers groups, to maybe we need to do something and be ready. So I get it. But I know some of you are worried. And perhaps what worries some of us today is not what will worry others tomorrow. But no matter what we face, what comes our way, the call is still the same do not worry and do not be afraid. Seek first the kingdom of God. If we're truly listening to him, listening to the words of Jesus, hear these words. Do not worry and do not be afraid. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that always has a message to us. No matter what we're going through, your word speaks to us. And we thank you for your word that speaks to us this morning. Lord, many of us struggle with worry and anxiety on on all kinds of levels. And situations like these uh, increase that exponentially. So Lord, just, just fill us. Fill us with Your presence. Remind us that You have given us the kingdom, the power, Your glory. That your spirit resides in us. The same spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives in us. Lord, let us prepare. Let us act where we need to. Let us learn the facts. And let us know that you are with us always. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.